You are listening to the podcast series for Mission to Amish People. Mission to Amish People is a Christian ministry with a threefold purpose of evangelizing and discipling Amish and former Amish, helping Amish people who leave their communities by helping them transition into the English world, and by presenting the ministry to churches nationwide. You can find out more about Mission to Amish People by going to their website at www.mapministry.org. Today's podcast is part three of four, entitled Amish Ask the English. All right, have we deciphered that one? You going to tackle that? Okay, then, then read it again if... if <clears throat> what, what they say here is, Since leaving the Amish, on occasion, I have heard people express themselves on how shunning doesn't make any sense. Coming from the Amish perspective, is there or shouldn't there be a separation between divorced, remarried, dead, and lukewarm versus those who are close to God? And, and the way we were discussing this, I, I think what, 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 how they're looking at this is the, the English equivalent of shunning would be church discipline. And so shouldn't church discipline be exercised on those who fall into those categories of uh, the divorced and, and re- remarried, I suppose, are equating those two together, dead and lukewarm versus those who are close to God. So it sounds like a landmine, but the, the, I think you have to understand first and foremost, um, and, and I suppose uh, shunning has this desire, but maybe not to quite to the point, but the, the goal of church discipline must, must and always be restoration. And, 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 and if it's used at, outside of that, it's no longer for restoration, it's a weapon. And it cannot be that way. It cannot be that way. It's true. It's you want them to re- be restored, and so even exercising church discipline, and and it happens. This happens on occasion, although it's rare. And I don't know. We've exercised church discipline in our church. I'm assuming you guys have here too. It's not a pleasant circumstance situation, but you know, sometimes the people still come back, and they're like, "Hey, you got discipline. Why are you here? We didn't say you couldn't come. You've been removed from the membership." We are stating that you are no longer in your outward life demonstrating that you are a believer. And so we're calling that into question. We want you to be aware of this. We want you to you know, learn this. But the best place that you could be is in church. And, and, and now, as my understanding is that if you're shunned as Amish, that's not the case. I don't, I don't think you, and I could be wrong on this, but you don't come to church? I, I don't know if that's right or not. I'm assuming that is. So until you come, you know, come back and do that. But but, but church discipline is exercised a little bit different. And you know, in, in these specific cases, these are not by any means the only ones that could possibly fall into those categories. But at the same time, um, the and knock on wood, in our church has never exercised church discipline due to divorce um, or in remarriage. We have never done it in for well, dead. You know. You know, the Christian Christian life is a process, and I, I think we all go through various phases of things, and, um, you know, it becomes very difficult because not only do you, you have to be able to prove some of these things and, and going forward with that, and, and that can get hard, and and so it's not an easy thing to do. I mean, one of the things that's listed in, in, in Scripture is the sowing discord among the brethren. Prove it. But I, but I think what you find often is there's, there's extenuating circumstances in that where you finally might be able to say, you know what, here's an issue that we can land on and, and bring forward. And, but the goal has to be restoration. And, 
And then I think you can see certain things and not necessarily exercise the full process of, of church discipline, which really is a process. Church discipline, sometimes we look at it, as, we call it by its final result, but it's actually a phase and it's going, you know, one or two individuals going to that person saying, there's a problem here. That's the beginning of church discipline. And that can be done in a very small group. The church doesn't have to become aware of that. And, and that's maybe often the forgotten aspects of some of this and, and when it comes to church discipline and then following that out and then going with more people. And then we practice kind of a fourfold. And that third step isn't the conclusion. It's, okay, church, let us declare to you what's been going on. And now it's your responsibility as members and even attenders, but hopefully members, to go to that person saying, there's a problem here, and we are encouraging you that you need to make this right, but we are doing this as a family together before God. I'd ask you to write down three scriptures, Matthew 18, 15 to 18, one to one, one to two, then to the church, only if there's no response. Galatians 6, one and two, you who are spiritual, restore such one in a spirit of meekness, gentleness, considering lest you also fall into the same sin and temptation. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, there's an example of the church at Corinth who allowed an immoral person to continue to be involved in leadership in the church. Now, I'm going to give you a little story. We practice church discipline, and for the most part, when it has happened, it's been very healthy. We still have most of those people in the church. Now, two illustrations quickly. We had a man in Olympian program. He was over our kids' ministry. Um, He molested his daughter. He called me from the police station. Please come down. We took him through the process. He got mad at us, okay? And then he said, he he put this condition. He said, well, if you really forgive us, you let me lead the Olympians program again. And I go, right? I said, I'm not stupid, okay? If you have an alcohol problem, you don't get a job as a bartender. Okay? And so you can do anything in the church. You You can sweep the steps, okay? You can shovel the snow. You can cut the lawn, but you're not working with kids. Because we don't want you to be tempted, and we want to protect our children. So he left, and he went over to another church. Guess what ministry he wanted to get involved in? It's amazing what those people are called to. So I had a good relationship with that pastor, and he called me up. He said, hey, you got to do so-and-so. Go to my church. I said, don't let him work in the kids' ministry. That's what he wants to work in. Now, some might would accuse me. I said, well, you tell him that you talk to me, and if he doesn't tell you what's wrong, I will. What, what eventually happened in that situation is that pastor brought that man over to my office and I reminded him of his sin and I reminded him of his weakness and the reason we did well he didn't that church over there didn't let him do that and eventually he moved to Oregon okay now I'm I'm a nut okay I'm more interested in protecting the children amen okay so I don't think it's that's not not forgiving that was a a place where church discipline blessed the churches because the man didn't repent of his sin and see his weakness. Now, I can tell you one other illustration. We had an illustration of a youth pastor that worked for us for three months, and he made some really major, major blunders and was deceitful and financially uh, basically ripped us off. We took him through church discipline as a body of believers. Um, He's in a man of authority, so that became a church-wide issue. That happened 17 years ago. He's still in our church. He has a beautiful family. He leads worship. It's a beautiful picture of health. And what we did was the, the shoulder came out of joint. We put the shoulder back in joint. We let the shoulder heal, and now we can use our arm again. Amen? So that, that when church discipline works, the body heals and the life changes. Amen? So I believe in church discipline. I really, really do. Now, if we did church discipline the way everybody thinks we should do church discipline, um, we, nobody would be in the church 
okay? And no pastor would be able to lead the church through church discipline. So it, it, I appreciate, there's one comment that really stands out. It's not a weapon. Now, I do believe in the Amish culture, it's a weapon. It's a 12-gauge shotgun, double barrel. And it usually causes people tremendous fear and insecurity. I really don't believe that's the life of Jesus. We have a saying in our church, we like church discipline as good as we like canned spaghetti. (laughs) (laughs) But we do do it if it's necessary, and we follow that three-step absolutely. But if they're not a member, we don't have any accountability. That's a problem we have. If, if, If they're not a member, we can't touch them, and they leave. So, yeah, that all works into that whole thing okay these are um if you if you've got the paper it's not a question but possible discussion points um former amish is asking sometimes we look we are we feel looked down on because we don't celebrate valentine's day mother's day father's day birthdays like the english culture does and i guess i would throw out if you're being looked down for those simple little, and you're not a member, <laughs> go church shopping. <laughs> you, sh- you shouldn't be looked down upon for not celebrating those those uh, kind of um, yeah celebrations. Now, if you're a member, maybe the person that's looking down upon you and being critical of why you don't celebrate Father's Day. Maybe you need to, you know, challenge them. Um, any other comments from our dis- our distinguished panel, of which I'm not a part? <laughs> Give all the credit to Hallmark. Hallmark. <laughs> That's true. Those are all uh, Hallmark holidays: Valentine's, Mother's, Father's, birthdays. Shouldn't shouldn't be dictated. It really shouldn't be. If you feel. Okay. We enter into one of these discussions. I learned this. Uh, we had a lady in our church that was unable to have children, and she talked with me many, 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 many years ago. And she said, Pastor, you know, every time you do Mother's Day, it, I just cringe. And uh, so she said, can I make a suggestion? I said, sure. We used, to, we used to line all the women up here, and I'd come down here. It was my day to shine because I had to remember all their names. They'd come by, and there was women that wouldn't come down because they never had children and were never married. And... Uh, so she said, hey, could you, do, could you just do this? Think about this. She said, why don't you honor all the women and the men in honor of their mothers? And I thought, you know what? We don't leave anybody out. As far as I know, it's still biologically impossible to get here without a mother. <laughs> so science is still working in our favor, and we include every woman on every Mother's Day and every father's, uh, father on Father's Day in honor of their mother or their father and um, I think the problem with some of these holidays is we're we're hurting people in trying to honor the day and we're hurting people we don't even realize it and I think that some of that needs we're 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 something sometimes we're insensitive and so it was a great pastoral lesson for me to uh, change the dynamic and you know I haven't gotten any complaints since then and I didn't have to remember everybody's name either from then on that was great so that was super down the line just in regards to that, that the first segment about celebrating those things, and, and I think don't feel like you should participate if your conscience is bothering you. 
don't sin against your conscience. You know, Romans 14, the first several verses there, talks about one who, you know, one person believes he can do this, another one person he believes they can't do that, and they go back and forth. But don't feel pressured into doing something that you, if you have a problem with that, you know, I would tell you, I don't think it's sin. But if it's bothering you, don't do it. And that may change some point in time in your life, but until that point, don't do it. Don't sin against your conscience. It's not worth it. Okay. Comment? Uh, can I go back to the very first question? Church, which one was it about church membership? Third one or something like that? Okay, whichever one is. Uh, church membership. Um, recently we went through a book, uh, Why I Am a Church Member. Very good little book, real thin, easy to read. And it talks about, it goes through the whole process of, of why you should be a church member, an active participant. And, and I'm sitting here, uh, my wife mentioned about her artistic value. And I'm sitting here looking at this covering on top of this um, uh, table here. And... That's art. To, to me, it's, here's my problem. It's not square. And I'm sitting here wanting to go down there and straighten that out. Now, please don't touch it. Okay? Because that's it's art. It's crooked. But, that is crooked on purpose. Well, I know it is. But see, on purpose? My right, my right brain would tell me. And so we've had to deal with this. And I'm thinking how that And it does. I've had to learn that. And that's part of church membership of learning how to interact with each other. We have preferences in our sidewalk leading up to our house. I have the right side, she has the left side. The right side, I take the, the, um, the uh, edger and I, it's perfect. Her side has things going like this and I got to walk around them. Yes. Now, my point here for saying this is this. Appreciate. Learn to appreciate as a church member. Because God brings us together in, with our gifts and our strengths. And I've had to step back and let her do her thing and say, that's beautiful. But that's an example of where we as, I would, if it was me, I'd go for not straighten that out there. It's square. Ladies okay, and gentlemen. All the, people, all the people that want this square stand. <laughs> Come on. It bothers you. It bothers you. Come on. It bothers you bad. Get up. Stand up. Stand up. Don't be shy. It really bought you want it all square? You, you really do? It's not going to change. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a submissive husband. <laughs> but that's one of the things as a church member you learn. You get involved. There are things that you want to do and you want to say. But there's times where you should just sit back and appreciate and God will, 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 first of all, he'll reward you for that. But secondly, you'll then learn how to interact. And our churches will not be divided. They're not going to be splitting because we're going to learn to appreciate each other's strength. Mm. This gentleman here, I've known for a long time. That gentleman there I knew long before, well, not before he was born, but he was a little, little fella. And I've, 40 years it took me to come alongside Joe in this manner to the ministry that he's called to. And I thank him for that. This is a membership again, but there was a time when I was not involved in my church. And I can remember my pastor's wife coming to me, and, and I actually said the words, which sounds so horrible, that, that I just, you know, I didn't know how to fit in. I want to tell you that I have fallen in love with my church family. And one of the steps that it took was for me to take a walk into the service, to service. And... Um, if you're not involved, find a way. 
If you've never taken a spiritual gifts class, take one. Because once you find your place, and it doesn't have to be anything major, you know, you will bloom and you will fall in love. Thank you for listening to this podcast series. Check out Mission to Amish People online at www.mapministry.org or keep up to date with us on Facebook and Google+. Thank you again and have a blessed day.